episode 34. These haunted dolls ain't playing around. <laughs> Excellently done. Yeah. <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, Nightmaricans. Aaron Sagers here, co-host of this podcast, Nightmarica, which is what you're listening to right now. Hey, So, if you're trying to listen to, I don't know, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, well... You should. It's a good podcast, but maybe listen to it after you, after you listen to Nightmarica. And yeah, so uh, Aaron Sager's Paranormal Caught on Camera, Travel Channel, ParanormalPopCulture.com, all around paranormal nerd, joined, as always, by my spooky co-host and recent birthday girl. Hey, I'm old now. It's Brit, That's y'all. Brit, y'all. Brit, y'all, Emmy. <laughs> and and I'm older yeah, I, and wiser. Thanks for all the birthday wishes from you, from our listeners. That really touched me. It was like very unexpected. I know. Occasionally, I actually do nice things. But, I know. That's so so nice. But I do it sporadically so people don't get used to it. Yeah. It's yeah, a good way to play want, it. Yeah. Because <laughs> then, if you're considered a nice person, and then. You know, then it's like, people are always like, oh, Aaron, he's such a nice guy. And I'm like, and then I have to be nice as opposed to like flipping off elderly people. And, Which is uh, how you usually like to live. Tipping tables at restaurants when I'm leaving. And I say like, peace out, bitches. And then I run out. Um, speaking of tipping tables, I just got a video. My sister was doing an activity with the kids where, like, she got these adorable mini cauldrons. They're, like, tiny plastic cauldrons and put baking soda in them and then squirt them with vinegar so it, like, bubbles over. Um, and my nephew is six, so he's crushing it. He has the hand-eye coordination. It's doing great. But Sydney's two, and she can't figure it out. And she starts screaming, come out, and it's not doing it. And then she just flipped the cauldron. Like she was like, I like it enough. I loved it so much. That's our Halloween energy. I like Sydney's. I like Sydney's style. She's a rock star. She's a Halloween rock star. And that sounds like a. That sounds like a song. 
I don't know what that song is. She's a Halloween rock star. We have got to get you a recording contract after the mini-sode song you sang. And now this? Right. This is just a sitting duck of money right here. I don't think that's an expression, but okay. (laughs) Sitting duck of money. I don't think so, guys. Birthday was yesterday. Incredibly hungover. So enjoy the weirdness that's going to hit you. I'm, I am sleepy, so I'm enjoying... Anyhow, I'm in Key West, and I'm very happy to be here doing some research and whatnot. And yet, I'm not really sleeping very well, because... I don't know. It's, because it's the full I, moon is on the 31st, and people traditionally do not sleep well when there is a well, full moon present. It. It's going to be that a blue be moon. Right. It's a very rare blue moon. That's yeah. right. You talked about that before. But... Yeah, so, but that said, it's still nice to be in beachy weather at the moment. I am enjoying that, and yeah, and so I'm sleepy, you're hungover, so hey, audience, you're in for, you're in for like just a (laughs) rip-roaring, enthusiastic episode (laughs) where two people... That should probably be resting or instead recording a podcast for your enjoyment. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. And it's our uh, pleasure to do it. You know, the audience, the public demands. The public wants what it wants, and they're getting us instead. We're going to be talking about dolls. You may have picked up on that. Mm -hmm. But before we do that... Hey, how about how about a, a news break? I feel like beep, we should have I was gonna just say that we need like a special news. Break. Well, well, now we'll just cut what I just good. did and do it every time. Yeah, I was thinking like wiki waka wiki waka news break. No, absolutely not. That is not happening. So to save your ears, guys, my Nightmerica news. It's time for Nightmerica news. Okay, so my news story is a tourist returns stolen artifacts from Pompeii after suffering a curse for 15 years. I saw that. Did you see it because I emailed it to our account so I wouldn't forget the article? No. Oh. I saw it because I because I look for this stuff. Yeah. But go on. I, so, I saw it, but maybe people out there haven't. Two weeks ago, a Canadian woman named Nicole returned five pieces of Pompeian artifacts that she took during a visit there in 2005 because she has been plagued with bad luck after taking them. It was a mix of mosaics, vase chips, and actually like a chip of a wall. Um, And she sent it back with a note saying she was young and dumb. And since 2005, she has had two rounds of breast cancer and extensive financial trouble where she like just can't keep her head above water. Um, What's interesting is there's actually quite a few items that have been returned to the Pompeii Antiquarium Museum. And they're all displayed there with their letters of, like, bad luck and, like, hoping that they, the curse is broken by sending them back. So I hope that, you know, sending it back gets their lives on track. But listeners, let's just, like, not steal things in the first place. That is a good 
that is a good sort of way of operating because yeah there's so there's a lot of supposedly haunted locations that have that sort of curse associated with it if you take something there's going to be negative energy following you around but you know i also just think so you know there's a lot of fairy tales and folklore that serve a purpose they're more morality lessons for for kids basically don't swim too close to the water because mm-hmm. there's some sort of sprite that might pull you in or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's also, hey, kids, just don't play too close to the water because you might fall in and drown. So sometimes these curses and ghost stories associated with that, it's really just a way of respect the areas that you visit and don't, if everyone takes a rock or whatever, then it just overall destroys the natural beauty of a place. Yeah. Well, and I guess in Pompeii, you know, it's also like artifacts. So, so you know what? I, I'm okay with the, I'm okay with that. So, but, and that weirdly will tie into my story that we'll get to later. But cool. So was there more on your news break? No. News breakdown? Dateline October 26, 2020. Burger King summons the ghost of Ronald McDonald and voice activated Bloody Mary stunts. A spooky version of Competitor's mascot appears in restaurant bathroom mirrors. Oh my god, what? So, I'll now do the rest of it in a. In a normal voice. So this I saw on adweek.com. There's a, there is a lot of news to parse through this week because look, it's just the high time for peak time for Halloween themed stories. So Adweek reports on this stunt from Burger King, which I do love. So the the notion of Bloody Mary. There's different variations of it, but basically stand in a mirror, say Bloody Mary about three times, maybe more, and you know, a ghost of something will appear. It could be Mary Queen Scots. It could be a bloody virgin of the Virgin Mary. It could be a child killer. There's a lot of different versions of it. And, of course, it's been documented and and, 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 and covered and spoofed in pop culture. Well, anyhow, Burger King's getting into the act in Sweden and Denmark, sadly not in America. And it's sort of to give a... A bit of a, a jab at McDonald's. So there's this voice recognition in a two-way mirror and restrooms, Burger King restrooms in Sweden and Denmark. And it dares people to say, quote, canceled clown aloud three times. So because I guess the deal is, is a couple years ago, McDonald's started scaling back the use of Ronald McDonald. Mm-hmm. Because, I guess, because people find clowns terrifying and also, you know, maybe associating a child mascot with fast food is not what they want to do. But anyhow. Oh, true. So, so, canceled clown, say it three times, and the voice activation in the smart mirror picks up on the phrase, and then the restroom lights dramatically cut out, and then there's these visual and sound effects... And then a pretty, pretty scary looking version of Ronald McDonald appears in the mirror. And it is, it is kind of cool. It's, it's, I guess also like Burger King 
they also in the U.S. So that's in Denmark and Sweden, but they do <laughs> in the U.S. have challenged people to a scary places challenge that encourages people to drive by the abandoned sites of shuttered competitors <laughs> in order to claim a free whopper. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's also kind of dickish when you think it's about so it. It's so dickish, but I driving, so respect it. <laughs> yeah, driving by like a there was like one you know, obviously they're not saying it's a a a defunct Wendy's, but you can see in some of yeah. these locations that they challenge people to drive by. There's certain locations. But yeah, you go and go get, you know, a Whopper at this former Wendy's or whatever. And yeah, I mean, it's pretty creepy looking, some of the things that they they have. But I, I think it does fit. Burger King is actually kind of funny. Their their marketing mm-hmm. campaigns have been pretty funny. So they are. This, this kind of way of doing a spooky trolling is kind of interesting. Yeah, I like it. But, you know, still. Uh, so, yeah, that comes to us from Ad Week. And... That is your Nightmarica News. And that's why we are a power team, Britt. (laughs) We're storming the podcast world. Yep. With this kind of production value. Anyhow, so before we get into the topic, well, let's talk a little bit about the topic. We're going to be talking about dolls and creepy dolls. And I don't know if I've asked you this before. I'll ask you again. We probably have. Typically when I say, I don't know if I've asked you this before, it means I've probably asked you this before and you're going to repeat some version of it because I have a terrible memory. <laughs> have you, did you collect dolls as a kid? I did not collect dolls growing up. I had some Barbies that I would play with, but I wasn't like a big doll person. I had my one like stuffed right. animal and like that was that. Oh, which you still have. 110%. What is it again? Doodle like Bear. Okay, I don't think I could have pulled the name out of, but Doodle Bear. Doodle Bear. She's in the closet right now. She's a blue stuffed bear. She went with me everywhere. I had wretched bloody noses as a kid. She would help help with that and then just throw in the washing machine. She has, like, no stuffing left, but... Well... I hope Doodle Bear knows that we love and accept her no matter what. And when she's ready, she should feel like she can come out of the closet. But <laughs> Did you have a teddy or a... So my thing was, there are photos of this. Of, there oh were yeah, two, let's share our animals. There are, and it's not creepy. It's, but So it's probably not good Halloween content. But there was two stuffed animals that I loved. Oddly enough, both shared the same voice when you think about it. One was Ernie from Bert and Ernie from mm. Sesame Street and loved him and saw a lot of battles, but he has survived them. And the other was Kermit the Frog. Excellent. And both voiced by Jim Henson, which ended up being kind of an ironic twist of fate. Mm-hmm. But, but... And Kermie, I truly love that I have, like, I would carry him everywhere. And then I think I told you, I thought I brought up before that I had a Cabbage Patch doll. Yes, we talked about the tattoo on your butt. People really respected that. Right, right, yeah. So, but 
I don't think they were haunted. I don't think they were evil, but dolls kind of have a, uh, a creepy rep. But the thing about Cabbage Patch Dolls, so they weren't really the inspiration. So there was Cabbage Patch Dolls and then there were My Buddies. Do you remember My Buddies? No. There were these, these toys and then there was Kid's Sister, but My Buddy was first and it was this toy. I, I won't sing the theme song because I think, I don't know who owns the copyright to it, but it had a very iconic theme song, My Buddy, My Buddy, Wherever He Goes, Wherever I Go, He Goes, My Buddy, My Buddy, My Buddy and Me. And and then there's kid sister, kid sister, kid sister, and then pretty much wherever she I go, she goes. But anyhow, that was really the inspiration for Child's Play, for Chucky and Child's Play. Ah. But it's a long, long, iconic history of dolls in movies. And have you seen Child's Play? No. Okay. But have I really Pol- love when people dress their dogs up like Chucky. Oh. My favorite movie doll is Talkie Tina, or TV show doll mm-hmm. from the Twilight Zone. But there's obviously a lot of them out there, but porcelain dolls are objectively pretty creepy. Super creepy. And I know we were talking a little bit offline, but did you see like sort of the reasons why dolls are so creepy? Yeah, um... I did my research for this story from a very interesting article uh, that I found on denofgeek.com. It was uh, written by someone by the name of Aaron Sagers. I'm not sure if you've met him. I've never heard of him. Um, Sounds like a hack. I <laughs> I desperately need to read your friend Mar- Dr. Margie Kerr's book because like, I find her so interesting and in, like, everything that she studies. And in... Your article, I don't know if you remember this, you quote her in talking about how dolls scare us because it's, like, her quote is the ultimate betrayal of innocence. Yeah. And I love that because I think that's exactly it. Well, they are, and they're avatars for us. I, they, there's a lot There's a lot of interesting stuff about dolls, and, you know, I think you know with me, I take, I look at sort of the, I like looking at sort of the social science or the history and then the paranormal theories and you can do both with dolls you know dolls go back to ancient egypt and they were servants that would be placed in pharaoh's tombs and they were so they were buried with the pharaoh which was kind of a big deal Mm -hmm. and and other cultures rather than play things for kids they were they could even be these these fertility aids essentially and a way to teach a kid how to become a parent which is more of a normal thing i think that's like something that's pretty typical but the but they would also be said to house spirits and and now like dolls yeah it's like they're avatars for humans and it's very similar, I think, in a lot of ways to sort of the... There's some crossover with scary clowns. But this thing, to your point, that's meant to be somewhat innocent, but is also kind of... There can be, like, this malevolence that we perceive yeah, in them. for sure. And the thing, like, have you ever watched... I don't know if your, your um, uh, niece or nephew have played with dolls. 
Have they? Have you seen a play yes. doll? Yes. Sid has a doll. And it's kind of like you said where – I don't know if it's, like, necessarily teaching her to be a parent maybe in a way. But, like, my sister uses it to, like, teach her how to, like, be nice or, like, have empathy yeah, socialize. Like yeah, yeah, that's that's another big part of it. And socialize, empathy. It's it's role playing before they're out in the world and interacting with a lot of other people. Yeah. But it's also creepy as hell watching a kid play with a doll and then do the little voices and everything. <laughs> Don't you think? No. Sid doesn't do voices for her dolls. It's actually like really sweet because as I've talked on this podcast before like she is a reincarnation of the bell witch like she's terrifying but she's really nice to the dolls not well i'm not saying not be nice but if if she's like you know uh you know you know i'm sydney and hi sydney i'm oh she's not there yet she's still too young yeah well i mean i think there's a lot of reasons why dolls end up being such important characters in in horror movies because there's yeah. just something kind of creepy. Oh, here's a creepy fact about me. Creepy Aaron fact. Oh my god, yes. Can we, can we get a sound drop for that, Britt? Boom, boom, boom. Uh, I don't, I mean, okay. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Do you want to give it another go? No, I'm overwhelmed. I feel a lot I, of pressure on me right now. Yeah, I know. I'm just laying it <laughs> on you. I would say... <laughs> And I swear I didn't plan this. I would say it would be a good, it would be good echoey, like creepy air in fact. Excellent. Yeah. Creepy, creepy air in fact, 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 fact. Yes, yes, yeah. But, so my mom would tell me that she would sometimes when I was a little kid, I was definitely under the age of 10, probably like, I don't know, five, six, whatever, that she would sometimes come in my room in the middle of the night and I'd be playing with G.I. Joe action figures in my sleep and making, like, noises and sound effects and everything. Oh, my God, that's so creepy. I mean, action figures are not the same as dolls, but, I mean, basically I mean, it's miniature. Similar. Yeah, yeah, three three and three-quarter inch. And you would you be know. completely asleep? I guess so. Wow. So. That is very eerie to think about, like a child, like, doo, 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 like playing with the yeah. <laughs> I take umbrage at that suggestion, ma'am. I did not do do to do to do. I've had some pretty solid sound effects as a GI Joe role player. It's like, no, okay, that was Brit's sound effects, just for audience clarity. No, not me. Mine would be like... Got it. <laughs> There's a lot of saliva involved. Anyhow, so that was your creepier in fact. Uh, how about we dip into some stories? But before we do that, uh, how about a word from our sponsor, Manscaped? Nightmerica is excited to announce we have a new sponsor, Manscaped. And to talk about the men's grooming kits, we have a really big fan of Manscaped. But not a man, a Sasquatch. From the Florida Everglades, let's welcome Skunk Ape to the show. Thanks for joining, Mr. Ape. Oh, Skunk is fine, just fine. That's uh, that's what my friends call me. 
Even though you're an elusive cryptid, you're able to have a social life? Oh, sure, sure. Wood booger, yeah, we mow, mow, wendigo, mow galon. We all, we all hang out. Well, that's great. With all those friends, it's probably important to look your best. We take a lot of pride in how we look uh, in the Sasquatch community, especially uh, since, uh, as you can imagine, there ain't a whole heck of a lot of us out there, so it gets pretty darn competitive getting attention from the lady squatches. So the Lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped has a durable, skin-safe ceramic blade when you groom your, uh, squatchy regions. Don't you know it? That Lawnmower 3.0 holds an edge, so I'm less likely to nick my nugs. It's happened before, and it ain't pretty. There's blood everywhere. Everyone down in the glades heard me howl out that one time. Whoop, whoop! That's what, that's what it sounded like when I nicked my nugs. But not with this lawnmower 3.0. Dude, that's intense. I have certainly been there. It is no fun at all. Skunky, I imagine grooming down there probably takes a lot of time because you're a pretty big guy. <laughs> well, you know what they say about big feet. Big shoes? Big balls! Yep, right, sizable, sasquasticles, big old ones. But with them lithium-ion batteries, I can charge that puppy up on the USB dock. I can use it for 90 minutes. It's even waterproof, so I can fire it up in the glades and take a good long time getting my squasticles right where they needs to be. Well, with that waterproof technology, that's got to be helpful in the glades. Or even for a human like me who uses the shower. Is the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 getting you noticed down there? Only in the right ways. All the lady squatches, or, or men, no no judgment, they take notice. But I can still stay hidden, because with that quiet stroke technology, it does not make a lot of noise and attract unwanted look-a-loos. And that's a very important part of the squash code. You gotta stay undercover, you know? I can even groom up my squashticles in the middle of the night, because it's got an LED light on it, so you can see where your Patterson and Gimlin are. It's a memorable pair. And speaking of memorable pairs, you also like the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. Well, you might have heard I have a bit of an odor issue, hence the nickname Skunky. And with the Florida humidity, uh, I can smell pretty darn ripe down there. So I use that Manscaped Ball Deodorant to, to make the squashicle smell fresh as a daisy and the ball toner to freshen up when skunk turns to funk. Maybe we should start calling you Flowers instead of Skunky. Well, Skunky, if you or your Squatch Buddies or any listeners out there want to groom safely, and who doesn't, head over to manscaped.com and enter code NIGHTMERICA for 20% off plus free shipping off your order. For one more time, that's... Squatchscaped! No, no it's not. It's Manscaped. Manscaped. The right tools for the job. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So what's what... I think we've got two good contenders for mm-hmm. doll stories here, so I don't know who should go first. Hmm, um, I don't know. Yeah, I'll let you go first. How about okay. you, you know, you've got the movie franchise. I do, and it's a movie franchise I love. It's from the Conjuring universe, um, and I am talking about Annabelle, the doll. You guys, I'm sure, have heard of her. She was in, she was the star of three of the Conjuring movies about and Lorraine Warren and their history. But she was, of course, Annabelle, which came out in 2014, Annabelle Creation in 2017, and then Annabelle Comes Home 2019, um, which I saw is going to be on HBO on November 5th, I think. Can't wait to rewatch it. They're such good series. Um, The doll in the movie is beyond terrifying. It's a porcelain doll that's got like really creepy shadows on its face if you haven't seen it. Um, But in real life, the real doll, which is in the Warren's Occult Museum in Connecticut, actually just looks like a Raggedy Ann doll. Like it's not this terrifying being. It's a stuffy with like red yarn hair. Um, It's like a little white nightgown and pants. And it's the size of a four-year-old kid. So it yeah. doesn't seem so harmful like the Annabelle in the movie does. Wait, let me just interject for a second. Yeah, so it's a Please. Raggedy Ann doll, but do you, did you, I don't even really remember Raggedy Ann dolls being all that relevant when I was a kid. Mm-mm. I think my mom had one. I think my sister had one, but I don't, it wasn't like the, the prime doll, but yeah. so, so already, okay, so sorry, continue. No, you're fine. Um... In the movie, the doll is a gift to a pregnant wife, but actually the Warrens state that in 1970, so yeah, it is before your time, um, a mother purchased the Raggedy Ann doll from a hobby store as a gift to her adult daughter, Donna Jennings, who also was 28. So I feel like it's getting off to a weird, I mean, not to judge, but like, I just turned 31. If my mom gave me a Raggedy Ann doll right now, I would be like... Thanks. Well, uh, I, unless there was... different there was, times? Well, no. Maybe there's just some sort of backstory like, oh, you know, you remember you lo- that doll you loved and then you lost it and we could never find oh, it. Oh, I guess or, that's true. I guess that's like, true. If they found a new doodle and gave it to me, like, that would be sweet. Like, I... Yeah, well, like, I remember when I was much older, uh, you know, my mom gave me, like, a... This, like, Spider-Man... Uh, Christmas ornament that she found that I wanted a lot when I was a kid and I never had it because we could never quite find it. And then she found it at one point, you know, so that's cool. So I, so that kind of thing, you know, it could make sense, but anyhow, don't be judgy Brit. Don't Um, be judgy Brit. (laughs) Should we get that on some merch? Do you want, (laughs) do you want a sound effect for it? Don't Don't be be judgy judgy Brit. Brit. Wow. We hit the same. All right. Some meeting of the minds. Okay. Um, Well, Donna Jennings, she was a nurse, and she lived with her friend, who was also a nurse, Angie Stapleton, and Angie's fiancé, Lou Carlo. 
I'm going to be judgy. That feels like a packed apartment, the three of them in there. Anyway, um, the Warrens, who were allegedly called into the case by a member of the Episcopal clergy, um, because the doll had begun to move around the girl's apartment. Um, at first, Donna was saying that the doll's position would change while she was away at work, or like they would see it like standing on its own. Or kneeling on its own, which is terrifying because it's, again, it's a stuffy. Like, it can't stand on its own. It would need to be, like, leaned up against something. Like, my doodle can't even hold up her own head. There's no way it could stand on its own. That's terrifying. Yeah. Um, They also said that while they were gone, they would start to find handwritten notes on parchment in the apartment with writing that looked like a child's that said, help us or help Lou. Um, that's creepy because it's yeah. the seventies who has parchment. Yeah. You know, like, unless you're hanging out with a lot of, I don't know. Egyptians. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could imagine, you know, I could imagine someone that's like a hipster in Brooklyn having parchment <laughs> and writing all their letters on parchment. I mean, it is, it would sort of be oh like God. the ultimate hipster move of like, you know, yeah, like let's totally hang out. And they're like, okay, I will, I'll write you a message on parchment using my, my feather quill? quill. Yeah. My quill. Anyhow. <laughs> I think I dated that dude once. Um, one night they discovered blood on the doll's hand and chest. Um, and even you wrote this in your article, even weirder, a piece of chocolate seemed to appear. What's up with the chocolate? The doll just like made a chocolate. I mean, I mean, this is your story. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but you wrote the article. (laughs) I was like, I'll just ask him. I'm trying not to sell you out. No, I do. I remember. I'm just trying not to be like Mr. Well, actually, as you're telling the story. I mean, I mean, the one time I want you to be well, actually, the I mean, there are there are stories there are reports of objects sort of appearing out of nowhere in some paranormal cases. So, you know. I mean, yeah, I, I, but you're right. Chocolate's kind of weird. I That's would eat so the chocolate. Weird. Would you? Probably... I don't know if I would eat the chocolate. Well, and I, I love what chocolate. What kind of chocolate is? Yeah, so I'm kind of unclear about what kind of chocolate is. And is it wrapped or not wrapped? And is it exactly? Is it, like, is it a brand of chocolate or is it just like if it's random? an unwrapped Mister Goodbar? Ew. Or maybe it's I, just love like Mr. A, I love Mister. I love Mister Goodbar, but like wrap it. What if it's like a little just a turd? Maybe it was just a little turd that someone found. Like, <laughs> Don't just add a poop. Maybe yeah. she had halal guys the night before. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to find yeah. out all of our weird inside jokes. That's a that's a callback, and it's nothing against halal guys because we like no halal guys. love halal guys. Um, okay, but yeah, so the chocolate just appeared out of nowhere. So they're freaked out, and they call a medium. The medium comes and states that she thinks Annabelle Higgins is the spirit of a seven-year-old girl who lived in 
not like in the building, but like in the area back when, before the apartments were built and they were just fields. Um, this is also different from the movie because the movie claims that there was a satanic cult who attacked them in their apartment and like cursed the doll. Um, but that's not true. The medium said the girl just like wanted to be loved and asked permission to stay with the two nurses, um, which they granted, which I don't think I would. And Ed Warren did not want them to do it either. But alas, the doll continues to live with them. Um, after about a year of being there, Lou, Angie's uh, boyfriend, had a dream about the doll floating over him, like levitating over him with the, her little raggedy Ann hands on his neck, strangling him. Eerie. Um, and then at another time, he heard in Donna's room some crazy noise, went to investigate and found the doll on the floor and something attacked him from behind that left seven bloody claw marks on him. Right. So, and, you know, in their, in the Warrens approach, they would have viewed that as like some sort of demonic attack or a mark of the beast. Because it's like the number seven. Well, just in general, you know, three, six, seven, twelve. There's just like a lot of numbers that tend to have some sort of meaning to them. But, and hey, just in general, bloody claw marks. Even if it's one. They, that's it's creepy if there's nothing with claws in the apartment. Right. Uh, and plus that was just some, the kind of thing that they may have leapt to. Well, the Warrens believe that it was an inhuman spirit manipulating the doll instead of one possessing it. Um, so Father Cook of the Episcopal Church came and exercised the apartment and the Warrens left with Annabelle. Um, this is also different from the movie because the non-existent couple that's in the movie, they claim that the doll was thrown away, but the nurses never did actually throw Annabelle away. They gave it to the Warrens. Um, the, as they were leaving, the Warrens believe a vicious hatred tried to run them off the road as they were bringing Annabelle home. Um, despite building a special case to have Annabelle in the museum, um, they came, they claim a Catholic priest's life was endangered and a kid was killed on his motorcycle shortly after they challenged the doll in the museum. Um, the doll supposedly arrived at the museum with a spectral black cat that would stalk Ed's office and dematerialize by the doll's side. Um, and Annabelle is still there, so you guys can go in Connecticut and visit her. And that's the story of Annabelle the doll. And major credit to Aaron Sagers and his article on Den of Geek because I really just paraphrase most of that. Well, <laughs> you didn't have to explain that, but I, I'll give. I, I may I add a couple little please, bits to this, please. Well, one thing that I just found funny was Lou Carlo. I don't recall being. I don't recall him living there. It was more like he hung out there a lot, but he also oh, then. Oh, okay. He also seemed to be there a lot on his own, and. So that's, he was a free renter. That sounds great for so. the two girls' relationship. Yeah. Man, I pissed. Also, the thing about 
There's, there, there are some... There seems to be a lack of corroboration with these stories. I've not seen... This is something that comes up a lot with the Warrens. I think that they're really interesting, but I'm also... I try to be... I think everybody's story requires some level of, of not just uh, corroboration. I think there needs to be mm-hmm. some investigation on some things. But this, yeah, was made famous in the 1980 book, The Demonologist by Gerald Brittle. And a lot of interesting Warren stories in there, but I don't know that we have independent interviews with Donna Jennings, Angie Stapleton, or Lou Carlo, and where they might be to this day. But I will say this. Someone I respect a whole hell of a lot of is John Zappas, and he is the nephew of Ed and Lorraine Warren, and within the paranormal community and paranormal TV, he's someone that is well-regarded. He is something of a modern giant, even called... The, the godfather of the paranormal. And hmm. he told me that he remembers, so he trained under Ed Warren as an investigator and explored things like demonology. And he told me that he remembers his, it was back in the day, his grandmother was still alive and all everybody was arriving at the Warren's house. So it was the sisters of John's office, his parents, everybody. And he went into a living room to look for a place to sit down. And in one corner of, on one of these chairs was the Annabelle doll. And there's a couple other things. And he, at the time just thought it was just a, a typical innocent doll and didn't look all that unusual. So he picked it up and went to put it on the floor and he said Lorraine literally screamed, don't touch that. Mm. And at the time, he said he was just startled. He didn't know anything about the actual story. And then over the course of the years, he learned about it. And so Ed had built up a bit of the museum, which is you can't visit anymore. It's, oh, I didn't know that. It's, yeah, it's not. It's There's a couple of reasons for it, I think. But yeah, you can't go into the museum anymore. And Lorraine had actually built the case to put Annabelle in it while I think Ed was away one time and Lorraine was the one that built up the case and put Annabelle in there. But he said, John Zephyr said there was always activity and something crazy happening within the area around that doll. And he does believe there's some negativity attached to the doll. And he is someone that I, I respect and, and I also spoke to Judy Sparrow, who is the daughter mm-hmm. of Ben and Lorraine Warren, and she always, always was disturbed by that doll, and and didn't did not care for it. So, so there's, I mean, there's there's an interesting story with Annabelle, and she makes a cameo in the Aquaman movie. So, which is kind of with that really handsome, what's his name? Jason Momoa. Uh, Yeah, hubba hubba. Hubba hubba. Anyhow, well, okay, so your story is about Annabelle, but I'm going to talk about, I would say that Annabelle is probably the most famous haunted doll out there. 
But there is someone that has a you know, close second, and for a while was the most famous doll out there before Annabelle. And this is Robert the doll, and he lives where I am staying right now in Key West, it's Florida. So cool. And we so Robert, you've seen pictures of Robert the doll. Had you heard yeah. of him before? Yes, you, you had. I. I had heard of him before. I remember seeing, not the best movie called, I think it was just called Robert. I didn't love it. It's um, funny to me, it, out of all the movies you have not seen, you saw that movie, which is yeah, really, <laughs> no offense to the people that made it, I'm sure they had every great intention, but it's not a great movie. I've seen a lot of obscure movies. Um, it's similar to Annabelle in the fact that they have like a terrifying, skinny-necked, creepy-looking doll that looks absolutely nothing like the real Robert. Um, and then I listened to Spooked did a really good story on Robert. Right. Um, so I knew it before um, I met you. Well, he is this doll with these black beady eyes and kind of, it looks like he has distressed, it, it looks like he has cuts on his face where which were actually termite cuts. And he's got an odd little grin on his face and he wears a sailor outfit and so Robert the doll his story goes back to 1904 I believe and there was a real Robert there was Robert Eugene Otto now Robert Eugene Otto he went by Gene and his mother made a trip to Germany and came back with a doll made by the Steiff Company, which made the first teddy bear. Now this doll was stuffed, it, it was about the size of a boy, and it was stuffed with this sort of wood fiber stuffing. And some say it was a custom job, some say, there's theories, that it may have been a display mannequin, or maybe there was an, you know, another one out there. It's interesting, it's still a bit of a mystery. And although Robert is dressed in a sailor outfit, that's not the outfit that he arrived in. In fact, hmm. that sailor outfit was likely, not likely, was originally the possession and worn by Gene Otto. And there's photos of Gene Otto as a little boy wearing probably that outfit. That's what it looks like. Actually, hmm. Robert the doll... There's photos of this out there as well. Robert the Doll, it is believed that he arrived in sort of a Harlequin costume. Like a, Ooh, creepier. I, yeah, I don't know. I've seen the Harlequin costume. I don't know. It, it, visually, they're both, they just both do the job of being creepy. Uh, there's, also, there's also a story that, again, is not substantiated, but a maid gave Otto or gave Jean the doll of Robert and that it was perhaps had some sort of voodoo magic to it. But regardless, Robert the doll was really sort of the best friend for Jean Otto. And a lot of things started happening in the Otto family house in Key West. It's called the Artist House. And as it happens, I'm literally looking at it outside my window. And... I look at the, the this tower where 
they lived. And so things would happen in the house and Gene would, maybe Gene would lock some servants outside and his parents would be like, why'd you do it? And Gene would say, I, I didn't do it. Robert did it. And so Robert the doll was accused of various misdeeds and mischief, but also there were stories that Robert, that there seemed like there were two distinct voices playing in Gene's bedroom. So was it Gene and then Robert? Mm -hmm. Was he maybe just doing both voices? Supposedly giggles were also being heard throughout the auto home. But so Gene would always say Robert did it. Now what happened was Gene was eventually, he eventually went over to Paris and there he studied to become an artist. And, and he did become quite an accomplished artist and he was well regarded as an artist. And while he was in Paris, he met a woman named Anne and they fell in love. And Anne was a concert pianist and was really said to, uh, was, was known to be an amazing pianist. I believe she may have even at one point been playing at the Rainbow Room in New York City. But oh, she was, yeah. as Jean was a big time artist, but Anne was a big time pianist. Now, Jean goes back to Key West and he and then Anne, his wife, lived in the artist house and there's a couple kind of side things to this that are a bit sad it does appear that gene otto felt that the otto household was only big enough for one creator one artist that was gaining notoriety so Anne stopped being a pianist stopped being a a big time pianist and the focus was really on Gene's work and Gene's persona. But how much of a great artist was Gene? He was Like was he as good of an artist as she was a pianist? I don't know if I can answer that, but she was well regarded as a pianist and he was at the time well regarded. It, it, it's interesting because the story is is that nobody's really heard of Gene Otto to this day. Well, people have, but most people haven't, but everybody's heard of Robert the Doll. But and a lot of Jean's paintings are just out there somewhere, or maybe, you know, who knows who has them, because most of them are not in museums. Anyhow, mm. so Jean would paint in a window of this turret room on the second floor of the artist house, again, where I can see right now, and people would, and then Robert, the doll, was supposedly positioned in the window of this turret house and again throughout this time it is there appeared to be some mischief where this old childhood accusation of Robert did it came to be back into play and that was even even the case that the, it seemed like there was some marital distress I don't know mm -hmm. whether it was abuse, if there was tension, what it was, but Anne apparently had uh, some run-ins with Robert as well, and activity was blamed on Robert. And so time passes, and 
Jean eventually died in 1974. Sort of a sad story is that Anne, these, the paintings that Jean had painted would have been worth money, but he essentially did not leave that to her in his will. He left it to his sister. He left the house to Anne, but she didn't really have the funds to keep up with it. So she ended mm. up having to sell this house and move out of state and move in with her sister. I forget where her sister lived. And it's sad. It is sad. And Anne is definitely a character in this story that has sort of a, a tragic side of things as well. But apparently she was a great cook and made a, an amazing key lime pie. And so Jean died in 1974. Eventually this woman by the name of Myrtle Reuter, I believe, or Reuter, purchased the home. And Robert came with it. And in the attic at one point there was a lot of small items for like a doll to live like sort of a doll sized existence up there creepy and then robert was also in a trunk at times and there there's a lot of stories during this time that maybe when they opened the attic robert was slumped over in a corner but there were these little padded feet footprints throughout the dust in the attic, even though nobody had been in there a long time. <laughs> this could also be the stuff of legend. But anyhow, so while Myrtle has this doll, apparently at times she would place him out on the porch of the artist house and display him. And this was also sort of how he got the, the termite holes in his face. Ah. But... Also, maybe the doll would giggle or move or change expression. and But she still had Robert the doll for a while until 1994. Apparently, she drove up to the Fort East Martello Museum. And there was a gallery designed by Jean in there. But she donated this doll and they're like... Are you sure you want to get rid of this? This could be a very, this could be a, a, uh, ex, a expensive item. You could, this could be worth something or priceless even. And she just wanted to get rid of it. I and, gotta agree with her. I think I would just want to get rid of it. Well, so she did, but for a long time, this doll wasn't even really this attraction in the museum some people had heard of it and would come check it out but supposedly again he might be moving in his case and if people would insult him or take his photo without take without asking for permission this could be a setup for bad news well as time goes on he starts becoming more of a main attraction people start visiting him and it should be noted that David Sloan, David L. Sloan, is a local author here in Key West, and he literally wrote the book about Robert the Doll, and he is a historian and, and ghost historian in Key West, and he did quite a bit to bring attention to the story of Robert the Doll. But yeah, so people, this doll became a bit of a celebrity, and... 
people would take pictures and then believe that they had had some sort of curse because they did not ask permission for mm-hmm. from Robert or that they insulted him or whatever. And so he would receive letters asking for people to asking people asking him to forgive them for taking pictures or for bad behavior. And but he would also receive like candy. He would receive birthday cards and. I have to tell you that I believe it's yesterday, I think, was, is it, maybe it was October 25th, was Robert the Doll's birthday. Oh my God, do he and I have the same birthday? I think it's, I think it's October 25th is what they assign as the birthday of Robert the Doll. But he also yeah. came, he also, is it the 25th? He also came it to is. have a a little lion that would sit with Robert the doll. It looks like a lion. Maybe it's a dog. And, but his birthday was just the other day, and I was in the museum, and what's crazy is people were had sent birthday cards. I was opening birthday cards and reading some of them, and I was reading some of the, the letters that people had sent to Robert, and the Stife Company, which is the company that made him still exists and they sent this little stuffed lion for Robert the doll so he receives these gifts and so the question is is Robert the doll inhabited by something is he has is there some sort of energy around him well i can say this and this this is where we get into sort of <laughs> my own experiences is Although I am skeptical but open-minded, I have encountered weird energies around in that museum. There's one item in particular that I think is really crazy active. It's the, a like a, a float or a flotilla, I guess, a raft that some, some folks had tried to cross from Cuba to Key West in but did not survive. And it's really imbued with sort of a strong, sad energy. But, oh. yeah. As far as Robert the doll itself, there is a vibe in that room. And it's maybe something I'm bringing into it because of all the history and the stories of Robert. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? But I can say that there's been various electronic devices and paranormal devices like a REM pod, which is mm-hmm. a something used in paranormal investigations, that was... I, I've been there multiple nights now, and it seems like sometimes it's going off and triggering. Other times it is not... And and my question back and forth is, is this is this doll imbued with something? Is it perhaps Gene Otto that's haunting the area and haunting Robert? Some people say no. Some people say they actually encounter the ghost of Gene Otto elsewhere in the East, the Fort East Martello Museum, but. That, that he is a separate ghost. Meanwhile, supposedly the ghost of Anne haunts the artist house. So she got the hot house even in mm-hmm. afterlife, supposedly. Good for uh, her. But, but, yeah. It, uh, or is this an example of if this stuff is out there, is this an example of when you when you assign importance to something, are you essentially attracting in that energy? You know what I'm saying? The law of attraction. If, if I'm saying this is a haunted doll and you need to ask permission for it, are you instead like putting up an antenna and drawing in something or multiple somethings there? 
There is one theory, again, David Sloan, that there was, I believe it was the servant of the Otto family, he theorizes had a child that may have been about the same age as Gene Otto, and that maybe this is the, the spirit of a child that is not malevolent, but is around the doll, and that actually other negative energy is is kind of circling around the doll. So mm. it's a multi-layered kind of story there. But whatever the case, this is my take on it. If you were going to go get a photo with Robert, would you ask permission? Britt? 2,000% I would ask permission. See, I won't, and I have taken photos, and I have not asked for permission. And it's not because Why? of hubris. It's when or cockiness it's because there i have strong opinions about ceding some sort of power to something that i i don't know necessarily what's at play but there is there's a lot of theories about if you're dealing with i don't know vampires or demonic entities or dark forces you don't open the door to them you don't welcome them in you don't give them power you don't give them acknowledgement and that's sort of how i feel i feel like acknowledging giving power to this object whether it's haunted or not it's it's giving up some of my own agency and i think you should be respectful with if you think that you're talking to a ghost you should be respectful because then in theory it's the someone that used to be walking this earth but and i don't think you should be flippant i don't think you should be careless but i don't think you need to ask permission but the final tidbit on all this is for anyone listening to this before halloween night or even after halloween night as part of my own little research in Key West, on Halloween night at, I believe, 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time, I am going to be joining David Sloan at the Fort East Martello Museum, and we, leading right into midnight, we are going to be doing a Ouija board session <gasps> at Robert the Doll in the Robert the Doll case, and I guess you pretty much heard it here first, and I'm oh going to, God. assuming we have a strong enough signal, we're going to be doing a live stream of it. And That's so cool, for, but so scary. For free, uh, not charging for this or anything, so we'll put the address out there, and so there you go. That's something we're going to wow. be trying to do. So if you want, you can tune in and... Oh my God, everyone tune in. So, but that is the story of Robert the Doll. The, definitely, I think, he used to be more famous than Annabelle, with good reason, based on some of the stories yeah. surrounding him. So... Wow. Has anyone go. done a... Ouija board session with him before? No. Well, me. Wow, Aaron, that's so I'm, cool. I, on the other night, I tested it out with David Sloan, and we were, to our knowledge, the first 
to ever because it's in a museum. You can't just go in there and hang out with Robert That's the doll so cool, unless yeah. unless you're part of uh, the the event. So so unless there's some hidden version of it, we were the first to ever use a Ouija board around Robert. Cool. I'm very proud of you. That's very cool. Yeah, it's a weird thing to be proud of, but... <laughs> I don't know, I just think, you know, what you do is so unusual, but to get something big like this, like, that's cool. Yeah, well, it should be interesting. We'll see what happens. And... I can't wait to see what happens. I'm going to be at, a, like, a friend's house upstate. She had COVID already, so no one needs to worry. Okay. Um, but I want to make them watch it. You should. It's only, I think we're only going to do it for about half an hour or so, because here's the thing about Ouija board sessions is that... You know, it can get really boring really fast if nothing's yeah. happening. So, yeah. But, you know, we're going gonna to give it a go. We'll test it out. So. Cool. Well, before we get out of here for our Halloween week episode, any paranormal pop culture wrecks that you have for the week? Most definitely. I have one that is actually kind of two-pronged. Um, but Unsolved Mystery Season 2 is out. Have right. you watched it yet? You've been slammed, so probably not. Yeah, I have I I normally get to watch so much more scary stuff right now, but no. But tell me about it. It's really good. I actually feel like it's just as good, if not better, than season one. The stories I just found really fascinating. There's some that are terribly sad about um children that went missing not that far from me, up near the Harlem Moors. Um, that are just so terribly tragic. Um, but then my favorite episode was called Death in Oslo because it reminds me so much of the Isdale woman from that podcast Death in Ice Valley back in 2018, which was one of my favorites. I thought it was so well done. Um, and it's a very strangely similar death of a woman. So... Hmm. I personally want to do more digging into it because I feel like these stories have to be related somehow. Um, but it's a, about a woman whose body is found and there's like no labels in her clothes or anything like that. So it's so interesting. It's really well done. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Check it out. I mean, I did like that first season and it's good to have Unsolved Mystery back. Oh, well, so good. And I heard they might be getting a podcast too. Well, it's just what you do. Everybody's, yep. everybody's doing it. All the cool kids. And then we do it too. So yeah. my recommendation, not on Netflix, but on Shudder, you know, the horror streaming service. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like this is something you would be into. Scare Me. Have you heard of it? Scare no, but it sounds good. Yeah. So the kind of the synopsis for it is two strangers tell scary stories in a Catskills cabin during a power outage but really all about it that sounds great it's it's a bit of a it's got like a horror comedy element to it but the guy that's the well not the guy the writer director and lead actor in it his name is josh rubin and i think a lot of people recognize him he's done shows like royal pains but he did a lot of the college humor stuff oh and okay and a very funny guy and the woman his co-star is Aya Cash and she most recently was known for The Boys season 2 I believe oh yeah 
but she's um, it, it, she's kind of all over the place right now, and uh, and she's very funny. She so, is really funny. And it's so it's got a bit of a horror comedy element to it, but it's also the the character that Josh plays. He's getting out of town to write his his novel, and he isolates himself in this cabin. And then I don't think it's really spoiling too much to say he happens to be in a cabin right next door to uh, Ayakash's character, who's also writing a novel. Well, you know, during, you know, they're trying to isolate themselves to write a novel, but she happens to be a little bit better at it than him. Uh, but that leads to sort of them trading these, these scary stories. So, I, and I, if I may plug, the reason I kind of lucked into this and really enjoyed this movie is I'm actually going to be hosting a live stream for Den of Geek where I'm interviewing Josh Rubin on October 28th. October 28th. Tomorrow? Yeah, October 28th. Today? At, uh, yeah, at 5 p.m. Eastern Time through Den of Geek, and I'll probably post about it on my social channel as well. But I'm excited to talk to him about it because it's a fun little flick. So... That's cool. That's I awesome. need to get a Shutter subscription. I don't have one, but all this good stuff is coming out on it. Yeah, I think it's like sixty bucks for the year, which is not bad. And then, or you can do it monthly. So yeah. Anyhow, well, there you have it. Uh, before we go, look, Manscaped. It's the right tools for the job. You know, you don't want to be a hairy beast on Halloween unless you're dressed as a werewolf. No way. But and even then, be manicured. Yeah, be a Manscaped werewolf. And, you know, trick or treat, but you don't want to have stinky uh, junk, you know? And you don't want it to be out of control, you know? The, the, the forest is, uh, what's the Game of Thrones expression? The, the night is dark and full of terrors. Yeah, yeah. That's not what you want your crotchal region to be like. <laughs> right? Right. It's, it's gross. A, it's gross. So Manscaped, and we have to say, like, you know, we like partnering with Manscaped. And with the code NIGHTMERICA at Manscaped.com, you get 20% off and... And free shipping. That's kind of a lot. That's kind of crazy. It's a lot. Normally you get, like, one or the other. You guys check that out. And meanwhile, this has been Nightmerica. This is our Halloween. A week, Ooh. Halloween week episode. Yes. Ooh. Indeed. Well, I, I wasn't. I didn't commit to that. <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.